Hello and welcome to the Fearless Man Podcast. This is a show where we talk about everything that God wants us to remember to do as a husband, a father, a friend, a leader, and even a chef in the kitchen. Don't miss it. Share with your friends and I'll see you on the podcast. This is your host, Andy Falco Jimenez. Hello, my friends. It's Andy Falco Jimenez coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California for the Fearless Man podcast. And uh, just to give you an update as to what is happening uh, with the podcast itself, I, I mentioned this in the earlier uh, broadcast. And if you prefer to listen on audio, the podcast, um, you know, when you launch a plod- podcast, which it rely- with it, um, what you need to do is you need to use a, a tool that gets it pushed out to a bunch of different broadcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, uh, uh, iHeartRadio, all that kind of stuff. And so you need uh, quite often, I'm not, you know, uh, I think it's three. I didn't look. I just knew that there was a number that needed to be up and uploaded for um, the broadcasting platforms to accept you as a actual uh, podcast so they could probably review what the content is and that kind of stuff. So we're in the midst of those uh, broadcasting platforms approving the um, the podcast uh, to be uh, listed on each one of those platforms. So those of you that prefer to um, listen to it in an audio platform, it will be up soon. I believe Spotify just got approved, but when I went to do a search, uh, it still hasn't propagated through the system, so it's still not showing up on Spotify. But it will be uh, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcast, and then there's like ten others. Um, that I don't even know the names of, and it will be up there too. All right. So what's the podcast all about? It's about helping men understanding what God expects from us as husbands and fathers, leaders in whether it's business or at church or just out in the community and uh, even sometimes in the kitchen. And so we're going to bring you uh, episodes that have to do with um, one of those subject matters or or another one that's related in some way or another. Uh, in, in, in this one, I think one of the things that's important to, as men of God is that we show up at locations where um, groups are gathering to learn about God's word and to participate in what would be called a church. What I've come to understand is that church doesn't necessarily need to be done at what we would call a traditional church. Uh, my wife and I were involved in life groups and Bible studies and a home church. So there's three different things. I didn't know. I thought everything outside of church was a Bible study. <laughs> but it turns out that there's life groups and there's Bible studies and then there's home churches. Um, we as men need to attend those also um, or pick one or two and be there. Why, why is that, that, that men need to be involved in these types of group settings is because God wants us to do our work with God, sharing the gospel in community in doing things together. Uh, we get more accomplished by doing things together. We reach more people by doing things together. We have influence on maybe one of the body, like we have the arms and legs and fingers and toes and head and that kind of stuff and ears, as God talks about in the Bible, is that that body of church uh, uh, goers and church members sometimes needs help from the other church body. So as if we were to take this pen, my left hand needs help getting this pen and the right hand is helping the left hand receive 
the pen. Just like in a church, one man can help another man receive um, a message from God that he would not have gotten if he spent his time alone in his home. Um, now, there's nothing wrong with, you know, going through YouTube or, um, you know, duck, duck, go and, and finding um, articles or videos of pastors and that kind of thing. As a matter of fact, that's how my wife came to Christ was on, on YouTube. But we really need to do we need to do the work of getting out of our homes <laughs> and not being couch potatoes watching, uh, you know, the chosen episodes for the 10th time. Uh, we need to get out there and do church. And right now there's a problem uh, with with a lot of things. <laughs> there's a problem with churches failing. There's a there's a problem uh, with uh, men attending church. Let me uh, play a video for you really quick. Um, actually, I'm going to make it uh, possible for you to see the whole thing. Sorry, I should have done that before we went live. So this is a uh, on a website, what it's uh, the website called. Hold on, let me find the website. It, um, I can't bring it up at this moment. But the title of the video on this website is called Why Do Men Leave the Church? Why are men leaving the church? And in this discussion, there's three men talking. There's a pastor and then two men that attend the church. And I think it's valuable... Um, from what this man is talking about, I've, I've put the link in the description. So if you want to watch the entire video, you're, you'll be able to do that by finding the link that's in the uh, description. But I, I, uh, what this man says, I think is important to understand why it's important for men to be involved in church, especially if you are a father and have children and have boys and they, they need um, a godly father. So here, let me, I'm going to go ahead and bring it up to the screen. And give me one second. I'm going to go to the other page and hit the play button and listen to what this man has to say about why uh, it's important for him to attend church. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say, um, were you that guy that was years ago? I know that you're really regular at church now. You're really involved. You're yeah. a leader. But can you think back to when you were that guy? <laughs> what would you say to yourself from 10 years ago or whatever? I mean, it would be just... It, well, the first step for me was as a father. Yeah. I wanted to be able to impact my children. Yeah. I wanted my, my children to learn what I learned. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be able to depend on the Lord when they go through hard times because I'm not going to be around to guide them all the time. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to make hard choices when I'm not there. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to have a, a support system, if you will, and a belief system to, uh, to be able to depend on. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really feel at the time that I was equipped to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, just being a guy who went to church off and on as a kid, and now I'm an adult, and now I've got kids. Mm -hmm. uh, and so... So to me, that was, a, that was a great reason to go. Yeah. Um, now there's other reasons, right? I want to be a better father. Um, I'm, I'm constantly, I'm intentionally trying to improve as a father or as a husband or just as a man, a friend, maybe an employee or as a boss, if you're a leader in, in professional situations. Yeah. Right? And so I think when, anytime we disconnect from something, mm -hmm. I, was, I was really into uh, FanDuel and fantasy football and, and, and I was, you know, Sorry, I was betting on, I was betting, we, we say it's not betting, but it's betting. So, I was betting. <laughs> But you have to be in tune with who's playing, who's starting, who's injured, who's not, right? Mm -hmm. And the more you, if you stop doing that each week, you're not going to fare as well, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I think for me spiritually, or as a leader, as a father, the more I disconnect from sort of recharging my battery, the lower my battery is. Yeah. The less energy I have to perform those tasks at my optimum level. Yeah. And so for me, coming to church, I'm able to charge that battery up. Yeah. So there's um, an important reason why men need to go to church. It's because if we want to bring God home and be a better father, be a better husband, be a better leader, that one of the 
things that's important is to be in the word and to go to a, a church or a home church where somebody's speaking and we're able to pull in God's word for that day and to continually be in it is, is an extremely important process. It's not works driven. It's not to be a Christian. You don't have to do the work. What I'm talking about, this is because you love God, you want to do these things because you want to be a better father. Um, with the leadership of God, or because I want to be a husband with the leadership of God, that the attendance in um, of church is going to help you uh, through that. Uh, those those times where you you are learning, you're growing, you are uh, constantly reminding yourself that to be one with God is to be one with His Word and to be listening to what people have to say about it and getting opinions and then be discerning about what you're hearing and then researching and being involved in, in, your, uh, in your education. All that brings you closer to God. And so uh, why do men avoid church? This is uh, an important question as to why do men avoid, avoid church because it may speak to you um, as I'm bringing some of these things. I found an article uh, that I think I'll use as a, uh, a template for this discussion. And um, here we go. And the, the reasons why are pretty obvious to me, <laughs> and they're probably going to be obvious to you, but we need to talk about them. So if you are a leader of a church, if you are somebody that's uh, driving a, uh, you know, one of the men's ministry at a church, or if you are a leader in one of the Bible studies or life groups, that you understand these concepts is when you're when you're talking to men, what it is they're struggling with in in the sense of what they struggled with in order to be there. Every man has that moment where you know that it's time to go to the go to church or go to a, a life group or a Bible study, and you go, oh, you know what? There's a game on tonight. The the Rams are playing. And it's a really good game. Uh, and I'd rather watch it live. I don't want to watch, I don't want to DVR it. Uh, but that, I think I'd rather do that. And so there's this uh, struggle. Uh, often people will say it's the devil uh, trying to keep you from growing uh, in a stronger relationship with God, throwing these things at you and, and, and hitting you where um, your flesh can overpower your, you know, your momentum to walk out the door, to pick up the keys, walk out the door and start your car and then drive somewhere that the devil is going to put something in your mind and say, you know what, I'd rather avoid church and do this instead. Um, and, you know, can I do something online? I'll watch it, you know, later, uh, you know, because they're going to put up the link later and I'll just click on the link and I'll watch it later. And you never do. And so these, these reasons why, which I'm going to show you in just one second, uh, I think are very telling. And uh, I'll go through each one of those uh, as we as we do this. Hold on. Let me see if I can. There we go. Um, I'm going to take down my little thing here. That way you can see. And so and if I make it larger, maybe it'll be easier to see uh, for you all on the screen. If you're watching, if you're listening on the podcast, then obviously it doesn't matter. But um, I'll go ahead and get rid of my picture. There we go. All right. So um, I'm sure it, it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be reading from this article. It's from Unbelievable. Um, which is uh, unbelievable.com. And at the top, it's, oh, Premier. Premierunbelievable.com. And who's the author? Let me see who's authoring this thing. It doesn't have an author at the top. Maybe it's at the bottom. Uh, but it says, I'm sure it isn't uh, just me that has noticed, but the church has a distinct lack of young men. Some have blamed the feminization of the church for this, citing, among other things, Jesus is my boyfriend worship songs. 
But I think that there are other, there are also some problems within masculinity in our culture that produce barriers to Christian faith. Now, this first one, which is pride, is going to be uh, one of the first things that uh, really kind of hit me. And uh, it may or may not even touch you. And you, you'd be thinking, I don't, this doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, as I read this, uh, just think about how this um, speaks to you or maybe other men that you may know. But pride is not just a male problem. It is a human problem. However, it is generally a bigger issue for men. Male pride is a stumbling block to the gospel because when you're proud, you fear weakness and rarely admit you're wrong. <laughs> Becoming a follower of Jesus Christ requires admitting your faults. Therefore, pride is the antithesis to the gospel. Male pride is also one of the reasons uh, male suicide rates continue to increase and are now three times higher than women. When you fear demonstrating weakness, it is harder to ask for help, and suicide is now the biggest killer of men under 45 in the United Kingdom. This uh, obviously is based in uh, England. I'm going to skip down to the last paragraph. For some men, walking into, church, into a church is like wearing a high-visibility vest with a flashlight, flashing light signaling their weakness. Our culture mistakenly thinks of Christianity as a crutch, but it takes much more courage to admit your weaknesses than to pretend you don't have any. Masking weakness with pride and aggression only prolongs the pain and dissatisfaction of a life cut off from the source of all life and meaning. Wow, such an important message there when it comes to pride. And um, this really probably for decades was my biggest hurdle, not only to get me into the church and to begin listening to a message, but maintaining my presence at a church. And that it, it was this argument I would have with God or the, the pastor who was leading a message or even in a Bible group. And although at times I would say, yeah, I understand. I got I to gotta die to self. I got I to gotta put my flesh aside so that I can be one with God. Yes, I can do that. But it was always the pride you know, that would bring it back. Like, oh, no, I don't want to bring that back because maybe I said that to three or four guys in a small group but I'm not willing to walk around in life admitting that I was wrong, you know, in certain decisions I made or that I'm wrong by, by partying and getting drunk with my friends, that that's, that I'm losing my masculinity because for whatever reason, and it really is not true now that I don't no longer do this, but there is this kind of masculine, oh, I'm going to go to the river. I'm going to go to Las Vegas. I'm going to go, you know, you know, down the street to the garage where, you know, there's a bunch of men out there drinking from a keg and I'm going to, you know, grunt and groan and, and, you know, bump chest and say what, how manly I am that I'm sitting here, you know, talking trash about the other neighbors or, you know, my wife or what have you. And that is somehow gives you pride, but that, but <laughs> that, that was, you know, I, I hate to admit. So now my pride is like, well, now I have to admit that that was me. But at the time, it was the reverse. Being this man, you know, this this dude that men loved having at parties or around who I would get the invites to, you know, go go to the desert, you know, what have you, and go to, you know, these different things. It, that it, there was something proud. I was proud about being that guy that would get invited to these things and people wanted to be around uh, the guy that used to get uh, drunk and that kind of stuff. And it used to be uh, a, a little bit of a badge of honor. But I got to tell you, you know, if this is the thing getting out of, uh, keeping, you, keeping you from going to church, I, I would just ask you to spend 
30, 60, 90 days of, of, of seeing what it's like to die to that prideful man of, for that kind of pride, uh, those things you think are prideful, those things that make you a man, die to those things. And I want you to give it 30, 60, 90 days. I, I would, of course, shoot for 90 days if I were you, but um, maybe, maybe you need to do it one block at a time. Do it for 30 days and then you know, if it, it went fairly well, then go to the next 30 days. I'm not sure how to, you know, I want to make sure and honor God when I'm telling you this, but you got to understand that being a Christian is not for the weak minded. I have more pride now as to who I am as a godly man than I did as the ungodly man. Now, looking back, um, it is far more courageous to walk around with God dwelling inside you than it is to walk around without God inside you. It's a, you, there's a lot of fear that goes along with that because now everything is resting on you <laughs> and everything is, um, is going to be based on your decisions on your prideful fleshly self, as opposed to counting on God, the creation of the world and the universe and man and all the animals that roam the planet that, yeah, I would rather rest upon his knowledge, his desires, what he wants from me and what my calling is. And as time goes on, you really begin to get comforted and build your courage because you know that you have the one true God with you and his hand over you and wearing his armor as you go into battle, whether it's battle into work, battle, um, you know, with... Um, you know, what's happening in our in our country right now in the United States of America and what have you that walking with God it gives you way more uh, courage. And I'm proud. I am so proud to be walking with God. And that, that didn't come easy. And I understand where you're coming from, where your pride is keeping you out of church and from being a godly man. I understand that. But the. The level of. Of uh, of courage and how humbled I am by God and the men that I walk with now in my life and, and walking with my wife and my, my children into church is um, extraordinary. But, and, but you have to live it continuously. And I know this sounds hard. I know it sounds difficult. I, I, I understand it. it and I'm not, I'm not saying that it's okay, but it took me some four decades, if not five decades, to get to where I am today other men are lucky enough that they got there in their in their second decade of life or their first decade and a half of life at 15. Uh, like my son, he accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior um, when he was 14. I did not. I didn't really understand what that meant until about three or four years ago. And so I would I would do that now. And I, I would just give it the time and the dedication that it requires for you to really know what it's like. You can't do it for a couple days or one, one church visit and say, I've tried it. It doesn't work for me. Uh, nothing does that. No diet that you would participate in will work with just, oh, you know what? I don't like the way that diet tastes, so I'm not going to give it. You got to get past the bad taste for a little while, and then it begins tasting good. You, you know, when you start changing, like taking sugar out of your diet or you start taking bread out of your diet, it's, it's horrible the first couple of days or weeks, I'm not saying being a part of the church is horrible, but I'm just saying I'm giving you a comparison that getting some of these things out of your life that are toxic to you, toxic to your health, it's not easy. Like uh, giving up salt or giving up alcohol or what have you, that it's not easy. And you have to give it the time. You have to give God time 
because we are so weak and so flawed in our flesh that it's not something that comes quickly or easily. So get past uh, that first thing of the one of the, of the three things that um, that cause you to avoid to avoid church. All right, let's go back to the to the page here. The next thing is idolatry. Um, and there are three significant idols that young men worship today. Self, what I just talked about, <laughs> success and sex. Self, success, and sex, the three S's. All of these function as God substitutes, small letter God substitutes that ultimately leave men unsatisfied. Worshiping self will fail you because giving in to your every desire will never satisfy you. And there will always be something new to try in the pursuit of pleasure. Worshiping success will fail you because you will never be successful enough, no matter how successful you are. Worshiping sex will fail you because you'll never have enough sex with the right kind of person, no matter how much sex you have. And any idol will fail you because they are all trying to satisfy the role of something or someone else. As Augustine wisely said of God, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until you can find rest in you. Men very often uh, know that the things they are pursuing are, are futile ways to live a satisfying life. But because men rarely uh, talk about the big questions, we think we're the only ones with concerns about our idols. As Christians, we need to take our friends uh, about our own. We need to talk to our friends about our own experiences. We need to talk about how following false gods leaves us unsatisfied because those things were never intended to function as a source of ultimate meaning. I remember being surprised at the number of friends who felt deeply unsatisfied and insignificant due to the implications of their godless world worldviews. Idols misled them, misled men, and Christian men must be at the forefront of challenging our culture's false notions of masculinity. Wow. This article was written in 2016, and I almost didn't read it because of how dated it was. Now, 2016 doesn't sound that far ago, but we've had the pandemic. I've had a number, a number of other things happen, but I, I, I know that this still rings true today, that these false idols, um, whether it's um, success you can still have success and be a Christian. That was really important to know. It's okay to make money. You know, they've, they've put this idea, um, whoever they is, that uh, the, um, the idea that making a lot of money is the fall of man. It is the, um, it is the desire and love of money itself is what is going to cause man or you to fail. The love of the money. It doesn't mean you can't make money. It doesn't mean that you can't make money and then give parts of it or most of it away to godly um, uh, organizations or to a church or to um, women in need um, and anything that you think is that God is calling you to do with your money. There's nothing wrong with making money. It is this love of I, I cannot be who I am. I cannot be the leader. I can't be the God of self until I am successful. That is what's going to take you down. Uh, I, I know this better than anyone else. I, as I was a police officer 21 years, but I also ran businesses. And there was one business, that, a security company that grew so quickly, so fast, where we were making tons of money. We were getting checks for a million or $2 million. Um, but that didn't mean, you know, it, it, you know, you look at that and that just the, the, the look of a million dollar check or a $2 million check looks fantastic. However, I was smart enough to realize that my budget or my overhead was a million point nine <laughs> of that $2 million check. And so was I actually getting that, you know, to me? No, but I could proudly or proudly 
um, show somebody that check or, or deposit that check and say, oh, look at that. Poof. You, you set it down, bam, and you raise your hands and you drop the mic. And then, but nobody knows that most of that money does not go into my pocket. You won't see me driving a Lamborghini with part of that money, um, you know, that I got. No, um, but it was that constant, I continually, that whatever that was, was feeding my ego and feeding me as a man in my flesh but it never got me anywhere, right? It didn't give me, it didn't give me a, a close relationship with my wife at the time. It didn't give me a close relationship with my children. It didn't make me even necessarily a better leader because what happens when uh, people see that kind of money coming into a business? Now, they, they don't want you. They're not, they're not saying, hey, uh, well, man, Andy, you're fantastic. They're saying, Andy, give me some of that money. I need a raise now or I want more or I want better equipment or I want what have you. And, in there, and again, there goes the, um, uh, you know, there, there's this, there's this sense that oh, now they need to come to me with stuff. I guess you can look at it that way, but the satisfaction dies very quickly because now you're starting to realize that these people aren't there for you. They're, they're there for the paycheck. And so, but what made if maybe if I just made a little bit more money, maybe they might honor me, or maybe if I do pull up in a Lamborghini, maybe now I'll get the respects of the people that, that work for me. No, the only thing that they respect is a good leader. They, they want to come to work to a good leader, not to somebody that has the ability to pull in lots of money and drive around in a, in a nice car and live in a nice house. Most of your employees could care less. They want either you to share that money. If they're, they're pulling up in an Ikea that's falling apart and one of the wheels is the, the, um, you know, the, the, the little tiny wheel that they cannot replace because they can't afford to place it with a real tire. So they're still on the, on the spare tire that's uh, you know, half the size of all the other three tires. And they're, they're pulling up and then you pull up next to them and park with your Lamborghini. They're going to go, Hey bro, you know, you can let loose with a couple more pennies, right? It doesn't become about you anymore. They, they, but they would respect you more if you were a better leader and in a godly leader, you will find it more satisfying that as you're leading a group of people within your organization and it's from a godly point of view and from a, a, an understanding of who these people are that are working with you, everything will change. The culture in your business will change if you as a leader are now walking around as a leader of God in your business than a man that's whose God is success and bringing in revenue because it's going to be about you, right? What it is you're bringing in for you, what it is that's bringing you're bringing in that makes you look better. And so this, this idolatry uh, is really such an important understanding that that going to church is going to change your relationship with your employees. It's going to change your relationship with your community. If you're a on the city council, if you're a school board member, that understanding that walking with God, being a leader uh, with a, a clear understanding of what God expects me from a, as a leader um, will change how people view you. Because when they walk in, when you walk into whatever it is that you're walking into a meeting uh, or um, walking into the office, they're going to see a man that, that has God, God's light on him as he walks through. And that's a completely different thing than you walking in with a dollar bill on your face <laughs> uh, and your ego walking in. It's completely different. Just understand that. I, I know this probably better than most, and I failed. When I was walking with me as my God, 
with my idolatry on my business and what I was driving at the time I was driving a convertible BMW and I had a big truck and I had uh, four or five police cars that were security cars. I had the best of the best equipment and best dogs. All that represented me, me. <laughs> and guess what? It got taken away. All right. I had to sell it just to pay bills. I had to uh, people were stealing from me. I had to file criminal charges against the people that tried to steal some of the equipment, um, which cost me the relationships, obviously, with all these people that were once my managers and employees. I'm now filing criminal charges against them. Um, uh, the IRS was after me. It, they, were, they hung a sign on my door saying they're going to take my house. Why? Because I put all of my idolatry into false gods, self my business, finances, success, failure. <laughs> failure. All right, let's get back to this. All right, so the next thing that we have here on the list is, uh, hold on, did I, no. All right, uh, ignorance. And what it says about ignorance, most young men are ignorant or confused about what Christianity actually is. So it is hardly surprising that the vast majority of young men don't view the church as having anything credible to say about life's big questions. Most have been inoculated against the true gospel by only ever being fed some weird hybrid notion of Christianity where God just wants you to be nice and worship a baby in a stable. If your car is broken, you go to a mechanic, but many young men feel like going to churches like visiting a morgue for a good night out. It is therefore vital that Christian men start engaging their friends with the gospel and responding to their honest objection and questions. The reason I never considered the gospel before I did is quite simple. No one ever told me. This is why evangelism and apologetics are so important. These tools help us convey how the gospel makes emotional and intellectual sex. As Pascal said, men despise Christianity. They hate it and are afraid it may be true. The cure for this is first to show that Christianity is not contrary to reason, but worthy of reverence and respect. Next, make it attractive. Make men wish it were true and then show that it is. Ooh, those are powerful words. I didn't read that part before. Um, so let me just speak uh, boldly about the church that I attend now, and that's Calvary Chapel Chino Hills with uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs. And I, and I think that this particular portion speaks to why that church and as I was get, preparing for the show, I was really thinking about the two. I, we attend, my wife and I, we attend a couple different churches. And when we walk into a couple churches, you see the, the normal, you know, 80%, not, not, that's maybe too much, 70% women and 30% men, somewhere in that neighborhood. But when I walked into Calvary Chapel Chino Hills with Jack Hibbs, I got to say that I, I think it's about 60% men and 40% and women. And, and it's because, as it says in this, um, this article, um, that, hold on, I'm trying to find that part. Oh, shoot, now I lost where the part was. Um, Life's quite most have been inoculated against the true gospel, the true gospel by only ever being fed some weird hybrid notion of Christianity where God just wants you to be nice and worship a baby in a stable. That that part actually kind of speaks to me a little bit because there was that period of time that I thought, wow, this is really soft. 
<laughs> at some of the churches I've attended. You know, they want me to, it's all so nicey nice. And it's always so, you know, it's so loving. And, and although love obviously is a, a very important um, trait of God in Jesus Christ, his love for us, his love for uh, my wife, his love for my children, his love for the world, that he loved us so much that he gave us only begotten son, that love is so darn important, but that doesn't also doesn't mean that we as men need to be soft to be a part of the church. And the one thing that uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs, um, the pastor for Calvary Chapel Chino Hills, gives you is the sense of manliness. And uh, although he uses some voices and mannerisms from time to time, I think to just kind of make us laugh that those are... <laughs> He does some things like, oh, well, he didn't just do that, did he? But um, it, it really is important, I think, going to that church <coughs> for men, because, and that's why so many men are attracted to this church. We just had something called Buds the other day, which Buds is um, basic uh, underwater um, demolition school, I think what Buds stands for. <coughs> Excuse me as I'm, I'll have a coughing fit here. But uh, Jack had taken that acronym and applied it to a men's teaching of bringing men uh, to a place where they uh, speak out and be strong uh, for Christ in their families and in, in their world and community. And so he called a meeting to buds, which was only for men and 3000 men showed up. I think it was a standing room only. And uh, to be able to do that, you have to have a pastor that lets you know that following God as a man isn't for the weak at heart. It isn't, we are not looking for pansies. Being a Christian is not for the weak minded at all. He, he understands this and he speaks and says, listen, the, the, the Bible is harsh. The Bible is strong. The Bible will speak to you as a man like no drill sergeant ever has. And I've been around several drill sergeants as a, being a member of a police department or I've been yelled at, screamed at and, and, and held in the bishop position for a very long period of time. Walking with Christ, walking with God um, and the Holy Spirit is not, is, is is not for the weak at heart. I know I've said that a couple of times, but I don't know what else to say is that he, he gives you messages that you will not hear at any other church. <coughs> so sorry. <coughs> Let me have a little drink here. And that's what I love about what pastor Jack does. and more teach, uh, churches need to do this. And this is why many churches are failing is because they want to so badly preach to the weak and to, to not, upset anybody by speaking the truth about the Bible and, and, and bringing up scripture that no other churches won't bring up because they talk about men and women. That that's all there is. There, don't give me all this nonsense that there's 50 different genders, that he speaks about going to battle, that he talks about carrying your sword and wearing your armor. And, um, and it talks about revelation, you know, uh, you know, many aspects of revelation that other churches won't talk about. And just understanding that this is what men need to hear. And when men hear something that's not easy, and then it takes a it takes courage and 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 pride in God, pride in your in your faith, that that's what men want to hear. They don't want to hear all the flowery stuff all the time, and they don't want to hear that you know you have to necessarily give up your masculinity to be in this church. And maybe pastors aren't directly saying that, but through their messages, they're saying, you know what? You shouldn't speak out. You shouldn't be too loud. You shouldn't go to school board meetings and, 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 and say things that are harsh. 
No, I don't believe that that's what the Bible says. I think the Bible says he wants us to be bold for God, bold for his message, bold for what is right, bold for our children, bold for our families. And that's what we get out of a manly church. And this is, and, I, and I'm going to call it a manly church. Is that okay? I don't know if Jack's ever going to see this. So um, he may, may agree or may disagree, but I think he might agree that it's a, it's a manly church and the women appreciate that. They don't want their men to be soft either. And they, they want to see their men come to church. And I know the men that go to Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills with Jack Hibbs are so pumped for each message that they, they go to on Sunday and Wednesday night. Yes, we go to church there on Sunday and Wednesday night. And I look forward to going to church. It's no longer that I go, ah, you know, there's a football game on. I, I, I don't care. I don't, I don't watch sports like I, as my, I, I don't even realize when sports are on anymore when the season's on anymore. I used to know everything about baseball season, football season, hockey season, tennis season, <laughs> uh, curling season. I knew everything about sports, uh, but now I don't know. I, I, something will come on. It's the championship for the uh, NBA. I go, oh, I didn't even know the season had started yet. Um, and, but because my excitement now is going to church, my excitement is being with other men that are excited about what message we're going to hear about, what, what, triumph we're going to have next what what big thing we're going to take on is men in church it's amazing so get your message straight let's get stronger uh in these messages and, and get away from why are men avoiding churches we're not avoiding church if you make church you know uh you know attractive to masculine men we won't have this uh much anymore they, they won't avoid church they will look forward to going to church I look forward to doing this manly podcast. The only reason I'm doing this manly podcast, I believe, is because of Pastor Jack Hibbs and his church. It, it has just created something in me that I want to make sure that men understand that being a godly man is masculine. It is not easy. It, you're going to be used in amazing ways and do things you've never thought you'd be able to do before because now you're doing it with God inside you, dwelling inside you, and it'll take on a whole new um, your life will take on a whole new meaning because of where you're at with God. And uh, it's just spectacular, just amazing uh, what, what God can do. Uh, there's a couple of articles that I included in the description. So just click on those. Uh, one of them is actually speaking to churches of what it is that they're doing wrong in regard to churches. Um, and there was one point I wanted to bring up um, uh, here. And it says here that number one uh, reason, let's see, what's the title of this? Four things that keep people out of your church. So speaking to pastors or, or elders of churches, what, what are the four things? One of the things is that no one knows or cares that, that you exist, speaking about a church. If no one knows that your church exists, you're doing something wrong. Now, the one thing I do like about Yorba Linda Friends Church is that that's where a lot of my friends go. Uh, many of the messages are, are fantastic. Um, but they do a lot in the community. They, they actually go to the schools in our, uh, our school district and they clean up the schools, uh, pick up papers and, and rake the leaves and do a whole bunch of stuff to beautify each one of the schools. Um, they go to people's homes and help you know, with, the, with the homes. Um, they have um, foster kid outreach where on Christmas we, we gather uh, you know, boxes of love is what they're called. The box of love has things that they give out to the foster uh, children and foster families. And so there's a lot of things that our church in regard to Yorba Linda Friends Church that does in the community. And so I think a lot of people do know what that church does, but there's many other churches that I can drive by. I, we must have a thousand churches in Yorba Linda. 
or at least in this area. But we, I drive by and I go, you know what? I wonder what they do there. Like nobody knows that I, I what does that church do? Oh, I don't know. There's a Calvary, Yorba Linda, that I know that they have a school there and they do have a lot of things for children. So I do know a little bit about that church. But that is, again, in that article that you'll find in the description, I think you should look at. Um, especially if you're an elder or you're, you know, a leader in your church as to why, why your church might be failing. And one of those things, and again, there's other reasons here that listed there's four, at least that this article has, but the one is that nobody knows or cares you exist. Uh, one of the things you absolutely need to be doing is men's, um, uh, retreats, men's, uh, gatherings, uh, barbecues and bring men in to, in, in a way that maybe they feel comfortable. It may be intimidating um, to come in on a Sunday, but it may not be so bad to come in for a barbecue. Get At least with some of those guys, you may need to get things started. I loved it. The last barbecue, we had a, a round table. Uh, the tables are large, so about eight people or so, eight men sit together. There's always a leader in each one of the tables, and they talk to the men and ask them, you know, what church do you attend? Um, have you considered coming to this church and what is it that keeps you out of the church and that kind of stuff and, and, and speaking to some of their fears and concerns about why it is that they don't attend. Um, you don't always want it to be they're only there because their wife drugged them there. If they do happen to drag them there, you want to then speak to them and say, hey, while you're here, <laughs> we have this event coming up and you might want to join us. We're going to be uh, you know, fishing or we're going to be going for a hike or we're going to be doing a barbecue. But be that church that's active in, in bringing out men and giving them a reason to stay. And, uh, and so that's the last thing I have to say on that. So that article is in there. Um, and the video that I showed you the last couple minutes of that entire video is in there. It's only about nine minutes long, but you might want to watch that too. That link is in there. Uh, one of the scriptures, I always want to put it, bring in, um, uh, a bit of scripture here. And I think this is relevant, uh, as I remove this, sorry, I got to stop the screen share, bring up a new one is, as I talk through this, is Ephesians 5.25. Ephesians 5.25, and uh, you've probably all heard it, in that, oops, I got to get rid of this other thing here, is that husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So it's, it's, that is an important part of scripture for husbands, obviously, anybody that's married. Um, that they understand that in order to, to love their wife like God wants us, that we must love our wife as Jesus loved the church. Now, how is it possible for men to love their wives as Jesus loved the church if they're not going to church and they don't love their church? Again, I talk about Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, because I think out, out of, it's out of the norm and I think more men need to maybe visit that church and see what's going on or elders of other churches or leaders of other churches need to go, Hey, why would I go to this church? There's so many men and they're, 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 they're proudly, and I don't want to use pride in a bad way, but proudly wearing like this shirt that I have on. So many of them are wearing, you know, Smith and Wesson shirts and, uh, you know, patriotic shirts for their love of their country, but they know also, or they have a Jesus shirt on or, um, a, a, a biblical, um, you know, per, a portion of scripture on their shirts that why are there so many men at that church there? Because they love their church. And I believe that it's because of that, that this bit of scripture here, that men love your wives like Jesus loved the church is, is actually making better men 
or better husbands out of the men that attend Calvary, attend Calvary Chapel because they, they understand it. They, they feel that they love that church as Jesus loves his church. Jesus' church is us. And again, I just want to go back that if you don't love your church, it's hard to do that. It's hard to love your wife as Jesus loved the church because you don't love your church. You're not looking forward to going over there. You're looking at ways to avoid your church. You're looking at ways of not to have to sing or raise your hands up. I, I, you know, I don't raise my hands up very often. It, it, I have to, it has to be pretty moving for me to do that, but that's my comfort level. But it's, I'm telling you now, I, I, I do something with my hands <laughs> to show praise to God. Uh, but that's, again, that's a little bit me living in my fleshly self that I'm still kind of, kind of shedding away. But um, worship is fantastic. And, and once you get past uh, some of the things that are holding your back, you will begin to love your church. You'll then begin to understand, understand better about what Jesus, what the Bible means by Jesus loving his church. And now you love your wife in the same way. And it will make your relationship with your wife so much better with that understanding. And I think it's just a connection that needs to be made. And why so many maybe marriages are failing in the Christian church is that because of that, that, that problem that needs to be fixed. One last thing before I leave you, I'm going to play a little bit of video uh, from um, uh, Dan Bongino played it. It's, it's available not just on Dan Bongino, but that's where I found it. And that is um, uh, Senator Warren. She's speaking about the, um, the birthing centers that are often run by churches or organizations that help women who are pregnant, um, that are probably young or maybe... Um, know, date rape or what have you that need help. Uh, they're pregnant. Maybe they don't have uh, a husband or the boyfriend's not around or the man that, you know, impregnated them is, is, is not helping that these are locations where they can go to get help. They don't go there to get an abortion. They're going there to get help. Um, or they say, Hey, instead of going to get an abortion, why don't you go visit the, the birthing center and we can talk to you about some options and things and maybe help you out. And they're positive things. I don't know how anybody can say that they're horrible. This is going to have a, 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 um, a connection to our message today about why, why do men avoid church. But I want you to listen to this, and I, then I'm going to come back and talk to you uh, about how I made the connection between why men need to stop avoiding church and what, what this uh, uh, video has to say. So here is Senator Warren talking about um, these birthing centers. Right now, those crisis pregnancy centers that are there to fool people who are looking for pregnancy termination help outnumber true abortion clinics by three to one. We need to shut them down here in Massachusetts and we need to shut them down all around the country. You should not be able to torture a pregnant person like that. Is that the most unbelievable thing you've ever heard? Torturing women by having, giving them a place to go for help, giving them a place to go so that they can have a successful uh, pregnancy that uh, they might otherwise choose an abortion or they might otherwise, um, you know, struggle and, and not have a successful birth or not have... Um, the beginning stages of a beautiful life with the baby that was born, that with the help of the church or help with the crisis uh, birthing center, that, that they may be able to, to start off on a better footing than they would without it. That somehow 
she can say that it, it is a, a, I'm not sure the wording she used, but it, it is appalling uh, to her that these things exist three to one to birth to abortion centers. That is, that is an amazing thing that there's three to one. It should be three to zero uh, to abortion centers. But the connection I want to make to this is that it's one thing to have women involved in the church when it comes to these issues, whether it's abortion or, um, you know, helping out with the, um, uh, the foster children, like we have uh, the boxes of love at the Yorba Linda Friends Church and these types of things. And you often see women involved. Uh, I remember going, remember going to the school board meetings where it was mostly women, women attending. There would be you know, 10 women and then myself and another man. Um, but lately I've been seeing more men, but it is, it is so much more powerful when you have men and women attending whatever event that needs to be uh, uh, you know, held to bring these things to our attention or to help out with these things. One of the, the problems that we have is that men are not getting involved because they think that this is a job for the women. It is not a job for the woman. It is, it is a, a job for men and women. It is a job for fathers and mothers. It is a, the job of grandfathers and grandmothers to attend school board meetings, to be a part of the community, to help fill the boxes of love and to attend anything related to um, helping women who get pregnant um, start off with a better life and to save the life of the baby. So really your involvement in church will help you be a, a, a more involved member of your community when it comes to these things. So consider that um, and let's get back to church. And if uh, you want to reach out, uh, send me a, a message on, on, on Facebook. If you're watching this on Facebook, um, at some point, um, you can also go to resurrectministry.com, resurrectministry.com, go there, uh, and you will be able to reach out and send us a message so that we can help you get connected. If you want to know where Calvary Chapel Chino Hills is, uh, just uh, do a Google search. It's out there on eucalyptus in, uh, Chino Hills. Uh, but there's uh, I'm sure there's a church around you that it quite possibly has a, a, an amazing pastor like we do with Jack Hibbs. Um, they're hard to find but <laughs> they're out there. All right, my friends, uh, enjoyed this time with you. Make sure and share this out with your friends. And again, the podcast will be live shortly. They, they all say they're pending, uh, but uh, I know that it's just a matter of uh, a day or two that they all be live. And I'll make sure and share the link with you on all the social media platforms that we are broadcasting right now, which is Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Rumble. All right, my friends, take care. Have a great day. And I will see you at the next one. God bless. Take care. Thank you.